Hey, this is Brian Golden. I am the lead pastor of Centerpoint Church, and I just want to welcome you to our podcast and thank you for taking the time to listen. And I just want to let you know if you are in the greater Tampa Bay area, we would love to have you join us at one of our gatherings. And here's the thing about Centerpoint. Our vision is really simple. We want to be an alternative to church as usual for all people. And that just means we want this to be a safe place that welcomes everybody, doesn't matter what your background is or really where you're at on your faith journey. And so if you want any more information about our gatherings, go to our website at centerpointfl.org. And then most importantly, whether you're a longtime follower of Jesus or you're just in that place of investigating faith, I really hope today's message encourages you and really helps you to find life and freedom in Jesus. Hey, what's up? Welcome to uh, Unfiltered Talk. This is episode four in this brand new podcast we're doing. And basically the podcast is to talk about life, uh, leadership, culture, and there's been a lot to talk about in regard to culture right now, what's happening um, in our community, around our nation. And so last week I was joined by Bernard Scott and we started a conversation uh, just around race, racial, racial injustice, and uh, what our response should be specifically as Jesus followers, though I know we have a lot of people that, are, that will listen or watch, they're not necessarily Jesus followers. And obviously this subject is uh, crucial for all of us, uh, regardless of uh, your religious background or your faith. And so uh, I want to be continuing that conversation today with Jason Quash, who's a great friend of mine, a CCer. So if you're just joining us with this podcast, um, I'm the lead pastor of Centerpoint Church and the host of Unfiltered Radio that is actually on uh, weekdays on 579, 10 a.m. Uh, locally or anywhere you got the, the internet. But uh, Jason is a part of our uh, Centerpoint Church family, incredible leader. And so, Jason, thanks for joining us and just lending your time and your voice to this conversation, man. Now, thank you for having me. It's an honor. It's an honor to, to be a part of this. And uh, yeah, I pray that our, our discussion is, is fruitful and that it just it builds a it builds a bridge uh, over the gaps that's been going on. But yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. And I, I know you have um, you have a lot to say about this. Your voice is uh, really important to me. And so, outside of this, you know, I followed a lot of uh, you've written some stuff, and uh, it's just really been helpful. And you and I, uh, I remember the first time we got together, like Applebee's for a a lunch that ended up in in like a four hour leadership session where you're like diagramming stuff on a napkin so <laughs> i love sitting down and talking with you yeah you too yeah no always always love hanging out with you man and, and uh i learned i mean obviously but well, you know it's it's just great i learned so much from you as well and, and it's just awesome right i mean this is such a special time uh right now i mean i feel like uh you know for such a time as this right yeah. that, that, that we've gotten to know each other and yeah and just, and, and look what's going on. And then, and we're, you know, we can have be the example, right? I mean, it's just mm. awesome. And, and so, no, I love you, man. And I appreciate your friendship. Yeah, I love you. I appreciate your friendship, man. Um, and kind of what you just said right there is, this was this is something I want to ask you. Did, does this feel, because we were talking about this a little bit offline with, um, and obviously the context for this conversation, again, continuing to talk about racial injustice, about what's going on with um, the the incidents these last couple of weeks and now the George Floyd incident that has just seemed like a tipping point. Uh, I, it hasn't seemed like it has been a tipping point uh, for us as a nation. And obviously th there's even parts of this globally that, that has gotten attention. So it, like, does this feel different to you? Because over the last specifically, you know, eight or so years, there's these touchstone events from Ferguson that, you know, we could name them all. But is there something that seems different about this to you? 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, this is a this is a special time, right? And what we can, I think, what we can sense is that, um, you know, God is speaking to the hearts of men, mm-hmm. right? All over the all over the country right now. Yeah. About you know against this spirit of dehumanization that has been continuing to to really uh, pre- just present itself um, as a sin from this nation, and so. Uh, and to change the hearts of, of all of us, right? Uh, to look at each other and say, you're my brother, you're my sister, uh, I value you, you're just as valuable as I am, we are all the same. And I think at this point, what, what has happened specifically in the African, uh, against the, you know, the African-American community is that um, these injustices have come to a point where they're blatant. And yeah. it, is, it, is now, it is now a tipping point because you know, everyone has had enough. Everyone, you know, you, you, these things that have happened, you can't walk away from those images and say, that's, that's, that's right. <laughs> no, that's not right. right. It's wrong. Yeah. And everybody's, and so, and so, yeah, I do think this is a special time. And what's amazing is that people are starting to have the courage to speak up. Yeah. How amazing is that, that, that it is such it is so powerful. People are now really moving in the spirit, right, of Christ being able to speak up like Christ did against the Pharisee, being able to say, no, it's wrong. Woe to you, Pharisees, you know, who bring all the tithes to the storehouse and yet fail to commit justice and mercy. It's convicting, right? And so I think this is a special time. I yeah. really do. So, um, yeah, and I heard somebody say that may, maybe during this time, the predominantly white churches have had people speak up more than ever before. And they're not just in churches, but, but that's one thing that's really huge um, because I think it costs a lot of people something. I mean, in the grand scheme, it's it, that cost is small, but um, because what you're saying in terms of this is special. So like a lot of people watching and listening to this right now, obviously you're not making light of the, how tragic this is about what's happening with a lot of the responses around the country, which um, have been number one, have, a lot of them have been great with the protests that have been peacefully done and they have raised their voices. We know that, that, you know, I don't know what the percentage is, but there there's been some that have not, that usually gets the most coverage. And, and obviously that's, you, you don't want that, but, um, but special in terms of what we're seeing, I think in some of the, the relational connections and people coming together and having conversations that, it's just we've had these moments over the last so many years, but it, it does just feel different. That even for me as a pastor, um, and the, the, what I'm seeing from our church and people connected to our church, that just feels different. Like there's just there's just something. But but here's the the other question I have when you talk about how blatant all of this is. So I think that's to me undeniable, and yet. The thing that is amazing me right now is the amount of people that can still somehow deflect or, or kind of play the what about, what about game or make a passing. Yes, that was tragic, but yes, that was tragic. And, and honestly, I, I don't know. I am so, so here's what's different for me with these other times is like, I, I just, there's a part of me that feels more hopeful. And then there's this other weird side that feels almost more disheartened. And I don't know why, I don't know if I'm hearing more of it where I'm just like, how 
can you do that? Like, how can we look at this and not at least for a moment go, yes, there's multiple layers of issues. And yes, some of the response, this has not been right. We all understand that. But to justify not lending your voice to just go without any disclaimers, this is wrong, this is evil, there's a problem, we need to say something about it. And the reluctance of so many people and so many white people to do that is, uh, I'll be honest, man, just to be really real, it's been really discouraging for me at times, you know, over the last couple days. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's, uh, you know, you know, first of all, like, I applaud you in all that you're doing. Let me, let me, let me be very clear about that first. I applaud you and, and, and I appreciate you so much um, because, because you're a man of God who stands on the word of God. And it's, you know, and, and, and when you're standing on the word, right, you can, you're standing on truth, right? And what's happening right now, and, you know, and as an African-American male, like, right, throughout my life, I have seen this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's just, you know, I have seen it around the circles I've been around where people will say one thing, but when it comes time, you know, specifically with the racial tension, they, they won't speak up. Uh, mm-hmm. they'll be silent. Um, they see something and, you know, they won't, they won't say anything. Um, they're afraid to call it like they see it. Yeah. Right? They're afraid to call it out when it does happen. Um, and so, you know, I think right now, yeah, it is disheartening and discouraging. Um, and, and, you know, and, and the fact of that matter is, is that, you know, you pray for them and we pray for them, but yeah, I mean, it, it is so interesting to see that. Um, but in all reality, this is, it's been, it's, it's, it's existed. It's just now that it is, you know, it's out there, right? I mean, this is, this, these are issues that now are, you know, are being recorded. These are people are making statements, uh, you know, on the internet, we have the internet now. And once you make that statement, it's out there. And so, and so, you know, that's, that's, that's the world that we're, we're living in right now. But uh, yeah, it, you know, it's, it's very disappointing. And, and I've had those conversations with some of, you know, some of my, uh, you know, some folks who, who I consider friends and, and, you know, I quite honestly have lost some, I've lost some respect for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I still love them. I still sure. pray for them. Right. But, you know, th- that's, you know, it, it's something because they don't realize that, that, that the heart of the matter is the dehumanization of African-Americans. Right. Yeah. And, and that is the heart of the matter is that, you know, you're not looking at someone else the same as you do other people. Yeah. Know? And, 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 and some people can't realize that. Yeah. And that, I, I think that word is so strong. And so the, the dehuman, dehumanization, and I think, uh, you know, you and I have talked about this some before is that that's not always easy to see in the mirror. So I think we look at the explicit forms of racism and that's, that's pretty easy, but the, you know, the more, um, you know, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but it's just, it's more ingrained in terms of some of our thinking and um, how we react without even realizing it where overtly we would never, you know, you know, I'm, I'm not a racist or whatever, but the, the thinking that is so embedded and ingrained in us. And, you know, one of the things I know you're such a student of this, that studying over the last so many years has so opened my eyes is just the, um, 
you know, the, the overused word, but the systemic nature of this and that we're only like three, four generations away from slavery in this country. And so many points have been made, I think rightfully so, that the, you know, that that practice can be done away with and the, you know, we can move through the civil rights movement, but all of the dehumanizing um, viewpoints are not, are, are deeply embedded in culture and multi-generational lines. They just don't go away. And yes, it looks different. And yes, our country looks different than it did in 1963. But there's so much of that thinking there. And I, yeah. I feel like I see if you agree with this, that, that sometimes it will, because I don't see it or I haven't experienced it, then it, it doesn't exist or it's still easy to explain away. Even when I watch videos like George Floyd um, being killed in the middle of the street while people watch. Right. And, you know, and, and so, you know, you hit the nail on the head right there. Right. Um, and, and, and just to kind of peel that, peel that back a little bit. So when people hear, oh, this is just this day and age, you know, I've been told and I've, I've literally had discussions uh, with, 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 again, people that, um, that I, you know, I, I truly do, um, I truly do pray for them and, and whatnot, and, and I, I considered them friends. Um, but I remember uh, one discussion I was in uh, in college, and you know, in a guy he had a you know a Confederate flag, uh, you know, on his room and everything, and and um, you know, he was a Christian brother. We went, to, I mean, he came to all the Bible studies and everything yeah. else. Um, and I and I just asked him, I was like, man, you know, you're you're you say you're a believer, but um, you know, you have this symbol in your, in your room. And do you realize what that symbol represents? Mm-hmm. Uh, right. And, and, what it stayed and what it stood for, what it still stands for. Um, you know, and he continued to use this and this is, goes back to that, right. The, the, the rhetoric, Oh, well, it's heritage and this like brother it's heritage. It's also a symbol of slavery and dehumanization of African-Americans. Mm-hmm. You have to accept that. Right, you have to be in a place to accept that. Just like the Nazi flag, right, is a symbol of the you know of the atrocities associated with the Holocaust. So is the Confederate flag. So a lot of people don't want to acknowledge that, don't want to realize, and it's a fact. It's not opinion. It's a fact, right? Uh, I mean, you can. I mean, this, these aren't things that are made up, right? Um, and so, and so, but but there's a disassociation um, of those two concepts. Right. So then if but if I'm if I'm a believer for the believer, if I if I believe in Christ and and again, what he said, right, like a, a new commandment I give you to love each other as I've loved you. Right. Is that if I'm acknowledging that evil. Right. Is that truly loving my brother? I mean, am I am I am I truly loving? Am I true in my heart? Do I truly love my brother? Am I truly standing on the gospel? Right. Or am I standing on something else? Right. And, and that's the uncomfortable conversation. Am I tolerating evil? Yeah. Yeah. Am I tolerating evil? Like, yeah. And so, and so, like you said, I mean, but those are the conversations. I was in another conversation, um, you know, later on, I was actually um, right in, 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 in my comments are my own. Right. But I mean, I, I'm an armor officer. I was downrange talking with a friend. I was in a combat zone. We were just talking and, uh, you know, he happened to be white. And he told me, you know, I told him, yeah, I'm, I'm getting married. And, you know, I, I told him, yeah, my wife is, you know, Puerto Rican. And he's, he just looks at me like, yeah, I couldn't, you know, I, I couldn't marry uh, anybody else who wasn't white. And I was just like, 
Okay. You know, like, like <laughs> wow. Like, and it just, it, you know, it, it, you. my head, it went, wow. But then I also was like, I mean, you know, I had been, I'd been around him enough to, to get a sense. Right. And, um, and we talked about it and I, and I just told him like, hey, brother, I'll pray for you. But, uh, you know, I, I think that mindset's wrong. Uh, yeah. I believe it's wrong. I mean, and we talked about it and I was yeah. like, you know, I, I love you, but, um, but I think you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know you're wrong. And, and, you know, and, and, and so, but, you know, people, some people just, that's where they are. Yeah. And, and but this is what's ingrained, right? This is the thing that's now he's been going through that his yeah. whole life. Right. With that, with that mindset. And he even told me like, yeah, my family, you know, he just continued to tell me everything. And I was like, wow, you know? And, and so it's been, for us to deny that in those conversations in our smaller social groups, that these conversations aren't happening, we're allowing and it's tolerating that we're tolerating that kind of, you know, we're, 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 we're not being truthful. Right. Yeah. And, you know, you know, again, uh, you know, we, we have to stand on the truth, you know, what Christ is, we have to be willing to speak the truth, right, and accept the truth, right, for ourselves, even if that means we have to correct ourselves, right, know the truth, and the truth will set you free, so we have to be set free by the truth, yeah. you know, and the truth of the gospel, and what we're called to be. And truth, like, when you're confronted with it, is is uncomfortable, like, there is a collision sometimes between your mindset, that's, that's with every issue, like, you know, I mean, church itself, I think when you're preaching the scriptures and what Jesus said, like what Jesus says, countercultural and will buck up against your thinking and your own intuitive mindset sometimes. And just like, and it's, it is, it is uncomfortable. I feel like what I've been hearing from a lot of my friends like you is there, there has to be a willingness. Um, yes, on both sides, but on, like on my side, there's a lot that has to be learned and, and a willingness to be uncomfortable and go, I'm not sure about that term. So I need to ask some more information. You know, I I need to ask some questions about her. I don't understand what you mean by this or, you know, I I just think there's a lot of that. And yet in so many cases, we're just so dismissive and we're not willing to be uncomfortable. We're not willing to sit down and go like, there's a lot I don't understand, or there's things that make me nervous and uncomfortable. And so I just need to, I need to listen, you know, be slow to speak, quick to listen, as James said in the new Testament And, um, I, and I think a lot of times that's what we won't do. And so we just write everything off. The other thing that I think I'm so, you know, that's so difficult is just the political, the, the, um, politicizing of everything, which I think it makes it really difficult to get traction. And then the thing is everything can get hijacked. So every word, every hashtag, every whatever, and all of it's hijacked by one group or another but it all ends up being politicized in that you, you really can't get any traction. So even over this week, you know, people who've seen what has happened with this, this George Floyd thing, that what has been politicized out of it has overwhelmed what ultimately should be the heart of the conversation. Right. And yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that's the really difficult thing where we're, we're seeing this war, you know, I, I um, heard somebody say last couple of days, like we're, we're seeing it as this war between left and right rather than a war between literally good and evil and what Jesus brought to planet earth and the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of darkness. Like this isn't a, and if, and if we see it as a left, right thing, which is, I think is where a lot of people are, then it means that we are viewing it through the lens of our politics rather than the lens of our faith. And we have missed it. And so, and so, and, 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 you know, look, I, I tell people all the time, like, you know, Jesus, first of all, we really want to get truthful about it. Jesus wasn't, you know, and I don't mean this in, in, a, in a 
in a no, I know where you're going. Yeah, context, right? Jesus wasn't an American, <laughs> like, everybody. like Jesus wasn't an American, like you know, like like he, he was. And oh, by the way, if you've been in the Middle East, right? Like you know, I have several times. Um, look, don't probably don't look like any you and me. Like let's just be like, I mean, in hey, this the Bible predominantly. Yes, the Bible predominantly, majority of it, there, there's not anybody in there that looks like me. I mean, the majority of what's talked about in the character of the scripture, I think a lot of white people that went to Sunday school are going to be shocked when they get to heaven. Yeah, I mean, I mean you know, I mean, it, like, and my, my thing, it, yeah, you know, it's like, it's like when we think, of, and you know, and, 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 I, and I guess, you know, we, and we say this in the sense of, in the sense of this, and, and I know th- this is where your heart is, in the sense of, yes, uh, we're all made in his image, first right. of all. Right, we're all made in his image, right? I mean, God made we are all that is scripture. We are all made in his image, and he did not make a mistake. Right. right? So to say, I mean, to, again, to say that someone else is not valued as someone else is is to say that is to spit in the face of God and say that God made a mistake when he made someone. Okay, which is not true. Right? It's it's completely it is false, right? Um, so so we make that statement. And so when we talk about, you know, hey, look, these, these older, this older um, politicalization and, and taking this into one extreme, left to right. No, if you're a Christian, right, you know, you're a kingdom citizen first. First and foremost, you are a kingdom citizen. Yeah. You are an ambassador, right? You Foreigner are an and a stranger, right? Amen, yeah. Right? You are an ambassador. So, so you are a disciple of Christ. You are to go out and preach the gospel, right? Love your neighbor as yourself, right? To right to to act justly, right? To do mercy and to walk humbly, right? So that, that, that's what we're called. We're we're have a higher calling, mm. you know. And right now, that's what the world needs, right? Uh, I yeah. mean, I love Dr. King. And, you know, he's one of my heroes. I have so many books on him. I mean. He, 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 he continues throughout his whole life. He always stated this, right? That it's, we've got to love. Hate can't drive out hate. Only love can do that. Yeah, yeah. Right? Jesus yeah. says, Jesus, that, that's the message of the gospel right there. That is the message that God so loved the world, yeah. right? He, he wants you to love your neighbor as yourself, right? No greater love than this for a man to lay down his life for a man is about the love of Christ and for each other. So, you know, the fact that things start to get hijacked, right? That is, you know, to me, that that is ultimately, you know, if I always say, I, I tell my kids, if Satan can't destroy you, he'll distract you, right? Mm-hmm. It's a distraction That's a, yeah. of the enemy to distract yeah. us off of what the mission of the gospel, what the mission is right now. The problem, right, to un- understand what the problem is, right? We talked about this dehumanization and what the cure is, right? Our response should be, which is to love our neighbor as ourselves. We got to engage each other. We got to love each other. We got to hear, right? We got to hear from our brothers and our sisters, right? You know, what is going on? The African-American community, folks like myself, amen, who have a history, right? Our family history, our lives, we live it every day, right? Have the conversation like you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Understand from their perspective, and then we can move forward. Yeah. Right? But, yeah. But to deny it, right, or to say, "Oh no, that that's not really what this is about," is then to devalue that person's opinion, and because of the history of this, ultimately is to dehumanize. Yeah. Uh, to dehumanize us. So yeah. Yeah. That's I, I love that statement. If 
if the enemy can't destroy you, he'll distract you. And like that, that's where there's no, there's no traction. There's no progress. And I feel like that's a lot of what, you know, where we, we want to focus. I, I honestly, this would be, be real truthful. Like, I think the thing that's bothered me where I, I see people making statements about their outrage at protests. And, and again, I get, I get all that. And you would say the same thing. Yeah. And people honestly, literally burning down their own neighborhoods. It, it's ridiculous. And they, they've hijacked and there's people that always have an agenda. But, you know, I, I mean, I, I think most people can see through that and understand that. And we, we understand that that's wrong. But again, you, you, you've been outraged by that. Yeah. And yet I've, I've never seen anything close to the same outrage before even before that even started at what happened in the first place that has led to this anger. And a lot of that anger is out of not being heard for a long, long time. Um, but hey, like if you're gonna be angry about that, make sure you get angry about what, you know, what has caused this, you know, and, and why people are feeling this way. And, and then the distraction of, you know, talking about how, you know, cops and, and the service they provide and how great they are. Yeah, of course, we agree with that. Absolutely. But that's not really the main issue right now. Of course, we understand that. And of course, we understand this is not even close to all. This is a small percentage, I think, in the grand scheme of things. But it's not just a cop issue. It's a it's a societal issue. It's a cultural issue. And so just to come back to that, I know I've, I've mentioned it probably two or three times, but just the distraction issue of just we get all of that. We understand that. But where is the outrage, you know, and this is, you know, who am I to say this? But and this is just from my perspective as somebody, I, my understanding is so small, but I just look at that and go, can we just stop and, and weep with those who are weeping right now, hurt with those who are hurt, acknowledge how unjust this is before we go on to something else or start pointing to what about, what about? Yeah, you know, and, and I think, and that's the pain, you know, that's the pain that that we feel, right? That's the pain that, you know, you asked me before, like, man, how did you feel when it's like, I was outraged. Yeah. I was, I was, I was so hurt, right? I was so hurt because, because of what the message, what that told me. Yeah. Right? What that told me, what I was hurt you know, it, and we talk about, right, it's not the voice of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. Mm. You know, I, I mean, I, I I was just so, so much in pain, like so many of my other friends, you know, who are also, you know, African-Americans, Black living in America, men, especially, especially, you know, that people aren't outraged that a man was killed, an innocent man, yeah. was killed. Innocent people were killed. You weren't out in broad daylight being videotaped and no, and you're not outraged by that? Yeah. Like, to me, it's a mean... No, no, but, but Jason, the statement is, yeah, yeah, that's terrible, but... Yeah, exactly. It, it, exactly. It's terrible, but but what? But, but what? Yeah, just end the sentence. And, and, and then... And then, you know, my, my wife and I were talking and, and, you know, I said, you know, people are so outraged. Like, well, how did, how in the world could Jesus have been crucified? You know, back then, I mean, he did nothing. He did nothing wrong. He, he you know, did everything good. He did, you know, what, what do you mean? How did he go to the cross? You know, oh my gosh, what did, I'm like, how, how, how did people not speak out? How did, how did, how did that, all that happen? And how? Really? Yeah. Really? Look at, look yeah. around. Yeah. 
You know, I mean, I mean, and that's, and that's, you know, um, I heard it said, you know, I, you know, I heard it said by you know, we, one thing that we watched, uh, you know, that with, uh, was it Dr. Uh, Dr. Anita Phillips. Yeah. 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 Right. And, and she made a, a comment and it hurt my heart so much because there's, there's so much truth in this, you know, how, Af you know, how, if you look at the history, right. Of African-Americans, if you've ever really studied the history of African-Americans, I mean, I, I mean, a college class yeah. or anything like that. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and how you would see that, um, you know, African-American community has been the most martyred community of the Christian church mm, yeah. on American soil. Yeah, that, that statement got me. And, 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 you know, and, you know, you look at that statement and, and you say, man, you know, like, you know, and I think back to, you know, all the things that my family has gone through on, on both sides of my family. You know, um, and then again, just to hear, you know, to, to, to see the disassociation um, among believers um, about what's going on today. You're just like, why? Lord, this is a time. This is for such a time as this. We've been placed here to speak out. We've yeah. been placed here to, to yeah. again, to raise awareness and, and not just that, but then to move ourselves forward. Right. But to be salt and to be the light of the world. Right. Yeah. Like, this this is why we're here. You know, you don't have to go to, you know, Europe or you don't have to go to, you know, to, to Asia, right, to go be a missionary. Just walk out your front door. Yeah. We're living in that time. Like, now is the time. Now yeah. Now is the time yeah. to be Christ to the nation. Yeah. Right. Now is the time to speak truth. Right. To speak truth to power. And and you don't have to go. I mean, this is it right here. Right. Yeah. And so. And so as we search our hearts, as we search what we're doing and specifically against the black community Right now, right now, this is an issue right now. Yeah. You have to call out the enemy like you see it, right? Yeah. And go out and and be light. Yeah. So. You you know, just hearing you talk about it a little bit, and I do want to get just like a little bit of your background because we didn't do that at all. I think it's so helpful. But you know, even you know, even this last week of you know, there's accusations anytime. You say anything, there's the you're it's it's political or you're and I just and I always want to go, what what about this is political? I mean, for me, it's in fact the thing that I always want to say is no, it's as a pastor, especially it's deeply personal, because I sit and have a conversation with you, someone who's a part of my church, and and I you feel it, and I, I feel it as I listen to you and I hear your stories and as we've had conversations. And I just want to, you know, there's nothing political about it, um, at least not for, for many of us. It is personal. And when you have African-American brothers and sisters and other people of minorities that have, have suffered greatly and you, you're with them when they're shedding tears and telling you about their story, don't come to me with it's anything political or, you know, you're throwing up a hashtag to be cool. No, no, no. You're you're coming alongside your brothers and sisters and feeling what they feel and you're hearing their stories. And I honestly, man, I think that's a big part of the problem. Like there's a lot of, you know, I had a guy after services last Sunday, sent me a text after um, uh, one of the conversations the week before we did on the podcast. And he just said, you know, my whole, basically my whole life has been an echo chamber. I'm a white middle-aged guy. That's the only, only people I know. They all have the same political persuasion as me. And he's like, I've never thought about it until now that I'm just, I'm sitting in this echo chamber and I've never, I've never looked or thought out.
outside of it. And I just think there's a lot of people like that, that they're totally missing this, this moment right now, not entering into this pain and weeping with their brothers and sisters because they, they don't have any of those brothers and sisters around them that are not like them or don't look like them and don't believe like them or have a different cultural background. And I think, um, I just, I think that's the thing that just really hurts is, yeah. uh, you know, um, and it's only exponentially more for you and, and for, um, but I, that, that's the thing I just, you know, no, yeah, I think it's, I think it's, you know, I think, I think, you know, a, a lot of this is, you know, it's a realization, right? That some people, and I always talk when I get in conversations, you know, I always ask people, you know, especially when, you know, they, 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 you know, they ask me a lot of questions um, just because they're not, they haven't been, you know, they haven't been exposed, right? Yeah, um, yeah. You know, and, and so what I tell them is, is that I say, hey, you know, okay, if this is your viewpoint, you know, if that's what, this is what you believe, I, you know, I ask like, well, how many African-Americans, like, do you, no, I don't mean like yeah. just your acquaintances. I mean that are your friends you hang out with, like you see their families, your kids play together. Yeah. Um, like how many of them do you do you know? Right. And then and then and then ask yourself, like, based on your perspective, is that true or false? Or, or ask them, like, have you had this conversation with them? Like, have you engaged them about this? Um, yeah. you know, like, like just think through that. And and ask them their experience. And so, um, it's, but especially when, when people like bring up, you know, like I hear it all the time, well, you know, you know, fathers, black fathers aren't in the homes and da, 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 da. I'm like, how many black fathers do you know? You know, do you really know? Yeah. Right? Like how many black men do you really know? Uh, and of those, how many of them are not active in their families? You know? Uh, because if it's seventy five percent, then that tells me that you, you're saying is three of every four aren't active. And they're like, is that right? And I had this conversation with someone, and it stopped them in their tracks. You know, because yeah. they got some random statistic that is false. It's a false narrative that's out there. It's been proven. There's many articles about this, but you know, and 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 I just tell people like, look, look you gotta you like you gotta start critically thinking about some of these things, right? Like yeah. critically think about about some of those things, and. Um, but yeah, it's it's tough. You know, my background, and, and I kind—I know you were asking you. Know, yeah, about, I, I, I want to get a little bit of your background, man. Yeah, yeah. So you know, um, uh, again, like you know, my again, I, I um, in terms of this specific issue, um, kind of what my family has has dealt with um, in the past, right? Uh, so my, my, you know, my I always tell you like my great grandfather. Um, so uh, on my mother's side, right. Um, pretty much, um, well, from when he was a child, um, they had to move him multiple times. Um, so, and the reason being is he was falsely accused. Um, mm. he, was in this, he was about what we consider about the seventh grade. Yeah. Right? So he was in the seventh grade. So he only got a seventh grade, about the seventh grade of education. Um, and he had to be moved multiple times between Raleigh, Jerome, and Chapel Hill um, mm. because of, you know, and I, and I draw on the, uh, you know, so again, something similar, uh, the Emmett Till scenario, right? So everybody remembers Emmett Till, um, what happened to him years ago in the 60s. Um, yeah. And say, oh, wow, you know, that was a, well, that was a, you know, one, one of those horrific events. But that was common. That wasn't like, the, the, what led up to that wasn't, wasn't all that uncommon, right? So my grandfather, um, he was falsely accused um, for, for just looking at a white woman, wrong, right? And, and the KKK was going to come kill him. And they had to, you know, my family had to move him and hide him 
for uh, basically a number of years. Um, so we only had seventh grade education. Um, but my grandfather went on to make, I mean, he went on to, to do amazing things, bought his own house, bought mm -hmm. his own car, one of the most upstanding black neighborhoods, uh, uh, ultimately in Virginia, um, and continued to do well for himself. Um, you know, on my, you know, his grandfather, oh, by the way, so, and which is also interesting, right? Like, and I tell, tell people this and they're kind of like amazed, right? So his grandfather was married um, to, um, and my, 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 and his grandmother is my great, great, great grandmother, I believe, right? Um, she was white. Hmm. Now think about that. This is 1800s, right? Yeah. Her last name was Pendergraft. She was Irish, German, and Jew. Hmm. Okay. Wow. So they had to, and, and at the time, they had to basically, she, um, they pretended that basically she, that he was her uh, servant, a slave hmm. at the time, right? Um, but servant um, as to not draw suspicion, right? So, so I can only imagine what they, like we always only imagine what they lived through and what they yeah. went through, yeah. right? Um, and so, um, you know, in addition to that, um, my, uh, you know, my great grandmother, um, because again, she grew up in, in slavery. She died actually the day I was born. They had uh -huh. to break her back to put her in the casket because all the days of cotton, you know, picking cotton when she was, right? Um, she was a hundred and uh, she was well, she was over a hundred years old hmm. uh, by the time that I was born, right? Wow. So this is like, right, you know, in the 80s, so early 80s. So, uh, again, um, you know, on that side of the family, uh, my mother's side, on my father's side, um, my father, uh, so my father's uh, grandfather, right? He, uh, in, in there in, in Virginia, he owned his own store. This is during, obviously, during the times, you know. Segregation and whatnot, uh, the KKK, and they uh, they actually own land. So on that side of my family, uh, my great 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 grandfather, well, actually was escaped from Thomas Jefferson's plantation. Known fact. Wow. I've seen it in the record. You mean front page? Uh, you actually researched it, and so interesting, right? He escaped from Thomas Jefferson's plantation, um, and my family. That's why my family settled down to James, right? Uh, there in, in close to Richmond in Doswell. Okay. But my my great my uh my father's grandfather, right? So my great grandfather, or my great great grandfather, excuse me. He uh he had to defend his land um because unfortunately some white supremacists were trying to to take his land from him. We have one yeah. there in Doswell. My father remembers the day. So my father was a child, right? So he was he was probably about the age of my oldest son, probably around eight or you know nine. Yeah. And he remembers they were in the woods walking their land, and he remembers them coming. And at that time, right, they all had they had guns. Um, and so my grandfather and my my dad and my cousin, they all they all you know lifted their guns and basically protected their land, right? So that's why my dad's such a gun advocate today. So. Yeah. So, you know, and now my grandfather also had uh, had um, a business there in, in Richmond. Uh, and that business um, was burnt down because it was so profitable. So it was burnt down by um, white supremacists during that time. This is like, you know, uh, I believe it was in the 40s. So 40s or 50s. Um, 
So growing up, we, we you know. So this we, isn't like a history book. This is, this is, this this is, is your history. history. What this is, is like history, history book to a lot of us? Right. Yeah. And, and so, and I mean, you know, again, these are, these are people who are alive and well today, right? Um, you know, um, and look, my family's also littered with, you know, men and women who served in our military. My great-grandfather served in World War II. Yeah. He was been in the Pacific under MacArthur, mm-hmm. right? Uh, grew up in, a, you know, they were in a segregated army. Um, you know, so a lot, and we have come, and we have come a long way. Um, even, you know, and say, well, that happened a long time ago. No, even growing up, right? Me growing up, and, you know, again, uh, I was a swimmer growing up. Man, I heard it everywhere. Well, you're not going to be a good swimmer because you're black. Really? You're not going to be a good swimmer because you're, you're black. Uh, your bones are too, they're too heavy. Really? Okay. You're not going to be a black good swimmer because you're black because your bones are too heavy. Okay. Well, I went to state all four years in high school and, and, and swam in college. Okay. So, I mean, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, I, again, I mean, we, we deal with this stuff. I mean, I, going in high school, um, there was a time where I, you know, I, I, my friends and I talk about it to this day. Um, when I was, you know, uh, first when I was a freshman, um, I remember I was a freshman delegate and I remember, um, I remember going, we, we had, you know, homecoming parade and whatnot. It was a homecoming game. And, you know, we all, you know, you do the parade at the beginning of the game and then in the halftime. Right. And I remember, and I was in a predominantly white school, um, you know, and, um, this is the way they, they, they zoned in order to have integration, more integration into the school system. Right. And so I remember coming up to the, uh, uh, to the event and I had my pass, right. That said, Hey, I'm a class. I'll get all the pass from the principal and the teachers. And yeah. And I remember getting up to the, to the gate and, uh, you know, with my bike, cause it was, you know, our theme was right. Class of, you know, whatever on bikes, right. Mobile on bikes, right. On bikes. So you had your bike, you had your skateboard. I had my bike. And I remember going to the, there and the, and the cops stopped me. After they saw my, my ticket, they stopped me and said, you know, well, wait a minute. You got to come, you know, you need to come over here. And I was like, hey, the, I, I've got a pass to go into the, to go into the parade. And they, they didn't just stop me. Uh, you know, they frisked me. <laughs> they patted me down, right? And they said, well, we've got to check and make sure you don't have a gun. And, and the way they, I was like, you're like, are they, are they doing this for everybody who's coming in? And I'm looking at me, right. And other, other people are just, you know, yeah. I'm like, right. And I've got to pass. I'm, you know, I'm like, I've got to, this doesn't make any sense. And, uh, and I must check it. Fine. Check it. You know, they check the bike and everything like that. And I'm held up there for about, goodness, it, it was about 10, 15 minutes held up. And then finally, let me get, and, I, and by that time I missed the, so now I missed the, the first for, you know, walking the parade. And then, so the halftime comes around with my friends, they all know what happened. And they're like, what? You know, everybody's like, the teacher's like, huh? We're in the parade, <laughs> the parade at halftime, right? I, I happen to be the only black male in the, in the, you know, in the portion of the parade. And we're, we're in the parade walking around the field. And all I see, these two cops come running straight at me. And, you know, they're, they're coming, running straight at me. And one's, you know, hand is on, you know, on the side. And they're like, I thought we told you to stay out of, you know, and they're yelling at me. Yeah. And I, at that moment, right. And we talk about, you know, what goes through your head at that moment. Right. You know, 
and I jump out of, you know, I, I've jumped out of airplanes in my job, you know, for the, you know, for the army. And I tell you, you know, you jump out of airplane, you're, you know, that every, every, doesn't matter how you know brave you are that first time, you know, you take that deep breath, like, like, you know, the floor just drops out from under you. Right. And you're like, okay. You know, uh, I'll tell you that, that, that feeling was the same feeling that it's like the floor just dropped out from under me. Like what's going to happen? You know, what's, what's about to happen right now? Yeah. And I, but I will tell you, and this is why silence, this is why speaking up is so important. Mm. At that very instant, all of the kids, right? All of my friends who were in, who were class representatives, yell back at the, the police officers. He's in the parade. They stopped immediately. Wow. And just looked. And they're all and they're all looking at them with disgust, right? Like the kids, like he's in the parade, mm-hmm. leave him alone, you know. Mm-hmm. And they turn around and walk away. So, immediate conviction, right? For the police, and 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 look, this is this this is an experience. Not all, I am not by any means saying all police officers. No, nothing. I have right. friends with the police officer doing right. a great job. Yeah, as do I. Yeah, and I want to make sure everybody understands that, right? Like you know. Because, you know, but, but this, but you have to understand, like, this is also the reality of what we live, right? This is just the reality of what, of what we live in. Um, you know, my friends and I were at an ATM when I was later on, I was, a, I was a senior, I was a senior in high school. We were at an ATM, you know, just like any other senior, right? I mean, you're, you know, you're, you're sitting at an ATM, it's about 10 o'clock at night. We're debating on, are we going to go watch a movie? Or are we going to go to the movie theaters, right? Either way, we need to get money out. And so we're sitting there debating because we're tired. You know, I think we, we, I think we did something early, like play basketball or something. We were just like, oh, yeah. we figure out what we're going to do. And, um, and at that point, so we're sitting there and we're by the ATM. We're sitting in my, my, my best friend's car. And, you know, this guy comes in and he's just, you know, starts looking at us. Happens to be a, you know, white male. And he's just looking at us and, and kind of like just snooping around the car. We're in the car. And, and we're like, what is this guy doing? And it looks really strange, right? And, and we're just sitting there like, what, what's going on right now? And so my best friend went and he's like, hey, sir. He's like, hey, is there anything wrong? Is there something wrong with my car? And um, and then he just kind of like does this and kind of like scoots away, right? And we're like, okay, maybe 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 he just got lost or something. I don't know. So we continue to like, so we're sitting there talking this through and we're like, finally, like, you know, let's just go home. Let's just go home and, you know, we'll go, let's just go to, you know, my buddy's house and We'll just see what's on the TV and just, you know, because it was like a Friday night, right? We'll just wrap yeah. out and maybe play video games or something. So we're on the way home to my friend's house, right? Uh, who lives, he, they happen to live in a pretty decent neighborhood. His father was a retired lieutenant colonel in the army. And um, we said, hey, you know what? We're going home anyway. We're going to your house anyway. Why don't we just get a movie at the rental place? So we turned around, went to the rental place that was right beside the ATM. As we walk into the rental place, the man who was walking around our vehicle is on the phone making a phone call to the police talking about three black men who tried to rob the atm be serious and so we're sitting there like and and i'm i'm listening to you know because again i first anything but you know we saw we just saw him and, and he's at the desk and and he's making this report and i i walk over to my friend i'm like that guy's up there he's calling the police on us and he's like, what? No. And I was like, no, he's really calling the police on us. And we walk over there and 
we walk on, you know, we walk to, you know, kind of close to the desk, listen to him. And he's like, he really is. And so I finally would just walk over there and look at him. Then his eye. And I'm, you know, I'm a high school kid. And I'm just looking at him. Then his eye, like, really? And he ends up, walk, you know, he get, you know, gets the car and the make of the car wrong and all this stuff. And then just walks out. Yeah. We talked to the cashier and like, yeah, just wondering, yeah, was he really making, she's like, yeah, he said there was three black guys that were trying to rob the, yeah, one, two, three. And she was just like, wow. And I was like, yep, normal day. <laughs> you know, I mean, that, wow. yeah. and it's unfortunate, but, but, you know, again, these are the things that we live, um, you know, and, 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 I, you know, there's other examples of this, even my, you know, even my wife, we went to an event, um, you know, we went to, a, you know, event as a part of it, part of an, uh, an organization. Um, and uh, I remember another spouse had approached my, you know, my, my wife was reaching out, right, to, uh, to one of the other spouses. And, and uh, you know, immediately that spouse, you know, she responds, you know, with, uh, first of all, I don't speak Ebonics. <laughs> don't even start. Don't even know. Don't even. <laughs> yeah, first of all, I, I don't speak Ebonics. Now, my, you know, my wife's Puerto Rican, okay? <laughs> so, She's just like, but, but, you know, and she's like, and, and, and since she, this lady goes on to say how she doesn't want anything to do and like, okay, Hey, you know, God bless you. Um, you know, but again, yeah. these are the things that we, you know, deal with, you know, at, in college, um, I, you know, I got, uh, I remember I, you know, I went to, I went to a military school, Virginia military Institute, great school, uh, amazing school. I always, you know, I, I love my college. Um, you know, also a school with Jonathan Daniels, who is, uh, who's known for, uh, you know, as a Episcopal priest who, who died in the, um, uh, during the civil rights movement, walked with Dr. King. Um, mm -hmm. you know, he was white. He was, he was a priest who walked with Dr. King, Episcopal, uh, uh priest. And, and he died giving his life, protecting a young black girl right in Alabama. You can read about it you can go research it. He was a BMI graduate. Um, mm -hmm. well, you know, BMI also has a history where the cadets fought, you know, um, you know, in Fort Virginia uh, at the beginning of, you know, of the whole controversy with the Civil War. So, um, you know, I was asked when I was there, uh, I was asked for a local school paper, um, you know, at the time. And well, you know, they were considering banning the Confederate flag. And I said, look, I, I came here for the, for the education, right? The education, the, the opportunities that it offered me, I got a, I got a chemistry scholarship. I had all these things. Hey, look, it's a great school. You know, and, and the academics are great. That happened a long time ago. I said, but if they decide to do it, you know, look, it'll promote diversity. It's a fact. I mean, it's, it's going to promote diversity. It's not opinion. It's like, that's a fact, right? I will tell you, I got hate mail from all across the country. Um, so much so, I mean, it, it ended up even going to Fox News. Like Fox News did a thing online. But I mean, I got hate mail from you know, everywhere yeah. that the school had to intervene. Right. And, and I would tell you, and so, and so just for something as simple, right. Something yeah. that's a factual statement, right. That you would think as Christian, right. Even just as Christians, right. You, hey, that's yeah. No. Um, so again, I, I just go through some of these things, um, you know, to say that, Hey, look, this is, this is our reality. Yeah. Right? This is, this is our reality. These are things that we, that you know, uh, that we that we live through. I you know I was I was even you know in my, I've even been denied a job, you know, um, I've even been denied a job and was told I was denied the job because I was black. That's not wow. 
you know? So, so again, um, these are things that we, that we, that we live through, right? Yeah. Um, now we have, you know, because we're believing people, right? And we believe in Christ. We know that we're, we're, we're more than conquerors, right? We know that you know, we have victory, even in the midst of all of this, you know, all of the things that the enemy tries, right? To destroy us with, right? We have, we have hope, right? Yeah. Beyond hope because of who Christ is, right? But the reality also is this, and that is, is that, that this specific sin of racism and really dehumanization against African-Americans exists. Yeah. Until we really understand that and can say, yep, I hear you. I recognize that yeah. and start speaking out against it and acknowledge, right? And, and, and start truly standing up for what's right that all of us, right, are created, right, equal. Yeah. Our, right? That we're yeah. all created equal. That God, that we, we should love our neighbors as ourselves. Like that is the issue. Until we stand for what's right, it's not going to change. Yeah. Right? And our children aren't going to see that change either because they're going to be in, indoctrinated into the same appeasement, right? Or the same, you know, devalue of humanization that 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 our, our past yeah. experience. But the thing is, I think it you know, I think you agree with this. It takes humility, I think, to do that. And I I think the thing that's so difficult now is is what would probably be characterized as an outrage culture, you know, and the um, sensationalization of everything and it, making everything a political issue. It's hard to just stop and listen to people and have the humility to go, man, there's stuff I don't know. I, I, I think the thing that's really like made it even more clear to me, and I think I was already there, but even it has made it more clear to me is just talking to a good friends, a good African-American brothers over these last like weeks. And, and, and even in that are all different, like what you would characterize as conservative or liberal or, you know, highly educated, not as educated, you know, whatever, just socioeconomically different places. So fairly with what I get to do as a pastor, I, I think one of the benefits is I have the opportunity to have a lot of diverse relationships if I choose to have them. Right. So, mm-hmm. and that's a, that's a huge advantage, but the thing in all of those, those conversations is in my circle, and that's all, and this, you know, somewhat anecdotal, but all feel the same way, all, all different political persuasions, um, ages, backgrounds, education, all feel the same way. All have similar stories that you have and they're not, you know, they're, they're not beating this drum all the time. They're not, they're, they're very sober minded, very thoughtful people. Um, but that's the thing that helps me understand. This is not a political issue because I, I, I just, just from my own people group and, and the many people within our church that are in this place, it's not a political issue. You sit down of all those different political backgrounds and you just listen to their stories and it makes it much harder to go, well, I just need to wait for more information. I just need to get more facts. This is an isolated incident. Let's remember, but, and what about, it makes it much harder to do that, you know? And I think that's the thing, man, just sitting down and having these conversations is huge. And I, I said Sunday, like, I just think, I think when we do that, the the whole you know, I just need to wait for more. It's isolator. It's this or that, all that stuff that we point to. Um, I just think it, it, it makes it easy to not look in the mirror and not have to deal with stuff. Or I think even a bigger one is, well, there's, it's not a race problem. It's a sin problem. And, you know, there really is no race. There's, no, yes, there is. You mentioned this already, like 
like God created, God created this, God created race and ethnicity and, and this, like no, this I, beautiful, like this is going to be heaven, man. We're going to worship with. So, so is it, if I could say this, you know, yeah. so I, that I hate the statement. Uh, oh, I teach my kids to be colorblind. Oh, we're all the same. Stop. God didn't make the world with, with, with no color. Yeah. God made it. Because it's beautiful, just like the painting right behind me. I know we talked about just like the painting behind me, right? That's a painting of of me, what I consider like my little paradise. Everybody ever been to Hawaii, right? Down there. I love that. It reminds me. It's filled with different colors, different hues, because it gives a brilliance, right? Of the world in paradise. That's the mind of God. Like that. So to tell our children that is dehumanizing. People don't realize that that's dehumanizing in of itself. That's yeah, the thing to say yeah. that God made a mistake when he made everybody different color. No, 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 no. What we need to do is recognize and value yeah. everyone, regardless of the color of your skin, right? Because you're a child of God. You made his image. And because that makes the world beautiful, right? That's what that's about, right? I mean, I mean it's, it's a, and so to me, again, you know, I hear that you know, okay, well, I'm just colorblind. We don't see color. No, 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 no. Appreciate and know and see the uh-huh. beauty in it all. See the beauty in it all, right? That's how amazing God is, right? I mean, and, and when, and, you know, I'm thankful that I've had the, the benefit to, to live in different countries. You know, I lived in Japan for two years. I lived in Korea for two years. You know, I've been to the Middle East three times. Yeah, hey, give a little bit of your bio real quick, man, in like 30 seconds. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, I'm an army officer, you know, uh, um, Actually, promote me. Actually, this week in two days, I'll be a lieutenant colonel. Uh, it's a huge. Yeah, thing congrats, for man. That is amazing. But yeah, you know, it's a huge thing for me and my family. Um, you know, one of the first, actually, the first in my my immediate family to be promoted to this rank. Wow. Um, so um, it's a huge deal for us, right? Like, and a family of service, right? I got family on both sides that I've served. Um, my wife's family has served as well. Um, so yeah, it's a huge deal for us. Um, so. Um, but yeah, we've, we've lived all over my oldest, you know, I've got four kids. My oldest was born in Japan. Uh, my, my second was born in uh, Kansas. The third was born in Korea and, you know, our little one was born here in, you know, in Tampa. So we, you know, we've, we've been able to live. It's been amazing being able to live all over, see different cultures, see different people, and also see the church, right. In different areas of the world, which has been completely right. That has been just, you know, it's been amazing. Um, and the, you know, it's just been, just been awesome. And, um, and so to have that exposure, uh, I've, I've been, you know, I've, I've been an associate pastor at, uh, two, really two separate churches, one in Japan, one in, uh, Korea, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, just worked in the ministry ever since, you know, probably since I can remember, we got my yeah. master's degree from Regent University, a Christian school, um, in organizational leadership with a concentration in church and ministry, right? So I've, I've, taken uh, and I've had those divinity courses under my belt um, as my concentration uh, later on for possibly pursuing an MDF, right? Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, it's been, you know, and, and so to be involved in ministry, to also be uh, in the military, um, you know, I served as an infantry officer in the beginning of, you know, obviously of the war and whatnot, and I'm an intelligence officer now. So that's, that's my background. Um, so it, it's been amazing. And I love the Army because you, we get people from all different all different backgrounds, all different, you know, all different situations. Yeah. And we all come together to make this team, you know, and I was so proud today. The army made a statement today. I was so proud, so proud. I couldn't have been prouder to be a American soldier uh, mm-hmm. with the statement that was made by our leadership of, of, of recognizing uh, 
you know, these wrongs against African-Americans and being open as leaders, right, to have these discussions, um, you know, so, again, yeah, I'm not speaking on behalf of the Army or anything like that. These are, you know, I'm not doing that at all. But my, 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 my point is, is that, um, you know, I've been shaped by my, by my experience, right? Mm-hmm. I've been shaped by, by the things that I've seen and, and, and uh, you know, I've been in combat. I've, you know, I've, 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 I understand that and seen the, the best and the worst of people. Um, and so, you know, but through it all, you know, Christ reigns. And, yeah. and, when, and, and that to me is, is, is really um, kind of, I guess, the hope that I see every day is that, you know, we, we can be better. You know, we, we absolutely can. Uh, there is hope for their side through conversations like this, through understanding, right? And just, and truly getting back to the word of God, right? Mm-hmm. Getting back to the word of God and what, you know, what we're called to do and who we're called to be. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so, um, so yeah, that, that's a, that's a little bit, a little bit about my No, that's good, man. Um, it's, so let me just ask you this question as we kind of start to wind it down. What, when we talked about this some, but um, I know as we were talking even offline, the big question is even the next generation, like how do we, you know, how do we begin to, to turn the tide yeah. um, with a lot of this? Because it is, it's a heart thing. It bleeds over into the home. It ultimately affects communities and a nation. Um, so like, what, what are, like, what do we do? I think that's a lot of, because there's a lot of people that are, are genuinely going, I, okay, maybe, maybe for the first time ever I'm speaking up, but then what do I do? And so like, what, what would you say um, are, are just some of the things in terms of just, just us in general, but then also us, those of us who are parents and kids, I also have four kids and, and the responsibility there to, to not allow that generational thing to continue. Yeah. You know, there's, there's, I think, first of all, you know, like you, you, you hit it on the head, right. Um, you know, I mean, scripture talks about writing, right. You know, like to, that we need to write in God's word on the walls of our hearts and our children's hearts. Right. Yeah. And so what does that mean? That means we need to, we need to speak truth into them. Right. And we need to teach them because they're watching us. Right. And we don't, you know, it, it first starts with your actions, like your actions with the people that you're around. Right. What do we tolerate? Right. More my, my grandmother always said, she said, you know, more is caught than taught, right? More is caught than taught. So your children are catching yeah. you know, what you're throwing out. What are you throwing out? Yeah. What kind of seed, right? Are you planting? What's the fruit of your labor, right? I mean, so what are we doing when we hear in our social circles, right? This, you know, those, those words, right? That, that, that dehumanize yeah. right? African-Americans. Do you correct that? Do you tolerate it? You know, you need to correct that. You got to correct it, right? You have, you have to, you say, hey, that's no, no, that's wrong, right? Start with those things, right? Start when you see those issues come up, don't be afraid to engage, but engage smartly, right? Yeah. And, and then teach your children, right? I think one of the best things to do is like sit there and have to just, the children are smart, okay? We all remember when we were kids. I mean, we were, you know, we, we, we knew what was going on. Children mm-hmm. are smart. Right now, age appropriate, right? I guess all parents, right? But you got to sit down and talk with them. You know, with my kids, you know, and 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 you know, everybody's got to choose for them. But their tool, and there are plenty of tools out there. But I think with my kids, one thing that I I I have had to do, especially when they've encountered, right? Um, unfortunately, uh, you know, they've had. It's just you know, it is what it is. Um, but we've had to sit them down and say, hey, look, now you see how this how this situation occurs. Somebody they did not. They, this happened to you, and that person said that because your skin doesn't look like their skin, right? 
because you're a different color than them. But I said, I said, that's, that's, that is their problem. And we have to just explain that to them. Like that's their problem because God, you are just as important as everyone else. God made you. Remember, know who you are, right? And we start speaking that word to them mm-hmm. and say, everybody. So God made, God's promise that he would never flood, right, is a rainbow. It's got all the colors. That's a promise of God, of his, of his faithfulness. Guess what? The most, all the colors of the people of the world, that's God's promise of faithfulness and everybody mm-hmm. can be made in his image. Yeah. Right? So we, we are made in his image and we preach that word to them. And I said, well, look, you know, and then, you know, one of the things that, you know, I, I, you know, I talked to my boys uh, uh, literally about uh, yesterday. I said, understand that I have to teach them, you know, from the African-Americans, I have to teach them like, hey, understand there are going to be people out there who aren't going to like you. Yeah. Um, fortunately, who aren't going to like you and aren't going to treat you the same. All right. And I said, but don't let that, don't let that cause you to treat them poorly. Right? Don't let that their action cause you to treat them poorly. Right? Pray for them. You know, and 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 then but then go on about you. You've got to be. You've got to rise above it. You've got to rise above that. You know, for people who are who who you know who you know who aren't African American. I you know, and it might, I have a buddy who got in touch with me. He's like, man, I'm I'm struggling with trying to understand. And I said, you know, and there was a great tool out there. I think the one of the, it was a military service member who, who put this out there. It's online. Uh, he's the Air Force Special Operations Commander, put this out there. And he, and he had a cube to teach his child. And on each side of the cube was a different, it was a, a different shape. And he, they, you know, he, they put the cube in the middle and he, and he said, hey, you know, it's still a cube, right? So what do you see on your side? And he said, oh, you know, you know his daughter's, oh, I see this. And he said, okay, this side, I see on my side. And they talked about, okay, well, well, is what you see wrong? No. Well, what does I see wrong? No. Is it still a cube? Yes. I said, so understand like people have different experiences, right? Based on their background, based on, based on where that, but their experience is just as valuable because it paints the big picture, right? It paints the big picture and now we can all understand it together. Right. And so understand that people have different, we're shaped by our experiences. You know, we have different vantage points. Doesn't mean our vantage points wrong. Yeah. We could be looking at the same thing. And so we have, we have to teach our children is to value, amen. Value everybody's you know, perspective, right? Yeah. Value everybody's perspective, right? And, and that's, 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 that's gaining understanding, right? Paul talks about, you know, Paul talks about this, right? I become like them, right? To win a few. He talks about it in that sense, right? Of being a missionary. But the essence of that is a cultural mm-hmm. IQ, right? Is understanding, yeah, hey, I've got, I've got to be empathetic. I got to walk in their shoes. I got to understand. Yeah. Now I can, now I can understand their perspective and, and possibly see, you know, myself a little differently too, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the message that we want to, that we have to instill is that we all are of value and that we, we should love our neighbor as ourselves. Again, I go back to that. We, we, we just have to love our neighbor as ourselves, you know, yeah. and then, and call wrong when we see wrong. Yeah. Don't be afraid. Be strong and courageous, right? As, as God told, right? As God told Joshua, be yeah. strong and courageous, yeah. right? You know, be strong and courageous. You know, go into the take the land I promise you, that land of what? Of milk and wherever, again, paradise where everybody god sees everybody the same right and so but we're all we're all you know in his image and so i think we you know that's the thing we have to address it you know you can't you can't not address you need to address it and teach them to love right teach them right to value everyone teach them 
also that not valuing everyone is wrong, right? Yeah. And I think, and that's what we have to do. We, we, yeah. we have to do that, right? That's so good. Yeah, my son, yeah. you know, yeah. we, we had, an, you know, and I think I told you this, but, you know, we had an issue with, with, with my son where he was in a, you know, he was, he was in, in, in school. My son, my oldest son, you know, has a, you know, he had a very, very high IQ, a Mensa level IQ, um, you know, and we were trying to get him into, a, you know, the gifted program at a particular school. And he had no behavioral issues. He had no, um, you know, his grades were the best in the class. I mean, he was, he was doing phenomenal. Mm -hmm. um, and, but there was something we could sense, you know, something was off. He wasn't as excited about school. And this was, it was really strange for us. Like, what's, what's going on? And, and, mm -hmm. and so when we finally had sat down with the teachers uh, for the, you know, to try to get him into the gifted program, we met so much opposition from his teachers. And not, not his, not the gifted teacher, but from teachers. And so we were trying to figure it out, like, what's going on? Um, and then as we started talking to them, like, some, you know, you have that feeling, right? You talk about that subtleness, right? Well, he, we just don't think it's good for him. Well, why? Well, we just don't think it's good for him. Okay, well, I, you're, you got to explain this to me. Well, it's tough for him to transit. You know, we think it's, it'll be too tough for him to transition. Mm. Wait a minute. If you read what the, the readout from all gifted children, like they have trouble transitioning, you know, that, that's part of you know, their high IQ is that you've got to, you've got to be able to transition them well. Like I, I'm failing to understand. Did you not read that? Like, it's in both the both the evaluations, right? Um, I'm, I'm so we're sitting there. My wife and I are puzzled. My wife is a teacher by trade, right? She got a, she's got a master's degree, right? So we're sitting there like what? And 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 then it started coming out. We started, you know, seeing things. And so at the end of the at the end of the, the meeting, we we said, okay, you know what? We came to a conclusion uh, with the teachers, um, and they they said, well, we'll just try one class and then see where it goes from there. Meanwhile, the gifted teacher said. She's looking at us, you know, with a perplexed, you know, you know, face. The two teachers, you know, happen to be, you know, one race, you know, they happen to be white. And then the other teacher, she was also white. And she, and she was looking at us, the gifted teacher was looking at us like, this is wrong. And she's looking at us like, this is wrong. And we're, and so we come out of that whole situation. And my wife and I are just so puzzled. And my wife is actually the one who brings, she's like, you know, she's like, are there any other children here who are of color? And they're white? Mm. And, 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 you know, you, again, the subtleness, right? So again, depending on what lens you're looking through, you only need one test to get in the gifted program, right? That tests you above, above, you know, that IQ range. He was well above that IQ range and he had two tests and he was doing, so again, the, the, the what we came away with, we, we felt so unsettled by that, that we ended up pulling him out of that particular school and put him into uh, a IB school and he is flourishing. And I think about that in the sense that my wife said, you know, he didn't, they didn't want him in the school. I mean, they didn't want him in, in that program because he's, because he's black, because he's a color, he's, he's, he's a child of color. And, and while we don't, well, we didn't want to, like, there's no, like, what's the other explanation? Like, there's no other, we kept, it, it was just so perplexing. Mm. That's the kind of stuff that we're just, we come away with, like, wow. You know, yeah. we've never had this issue. Like, you know, like with our, kid, but we have to then explain to our, you know, my son's like, Dad, why didn't they let me into the program? Why didn't they? You no, know, you haven't explained that to your child. Yeah. Well, you know, and so, uh, you know, and so again, like these are the issues that we we live through that we deal with, 
and that we have to use as teachable moments, right? With our children to teach them what's wrong, but also to teach them how to, how to, yeah. how to do what's right, right? And that they are of value. And we have to now dismiss that, that spirit of dehumanization, right? Over them. Yeah. And so and then speak the spirit of you know Christ in you know in their life, get the blood of the lamb over that quickly, right? So that they don't grow up thinking that they're not as good as everyone else, you know, and that they they can't achieve what everyone else, right? That they that they're gonna that because of the way they look or because of something else, that they're not gonna be able to achieve. Yeah. You know? And yeah. so and it's tough, you know, growing up as an African American male, you know, even as a young boy, I was always taught. Like you have to be 10 times as good because you're going to be criti- criticized 10 times worse. You know, it's just, it's, you know, we, I grew up like that. Everybody, all, we, we all knew, like, if you wanted, you, you're going to have to be 10 times because it's just, you know, and, you know, and, and whether that's true or not, um, you know, it is up to individual to decide, but wouldn't it be great if that wasn't true at all? Yeah. Like if, yeah. if, if we didn't have to say that. And, and that's, and that's the point is like, you know, this exists. We understand it exists, um, but we have to rise above it as a people and as the church, mm. right? As the church to then go out again, be salt and light, speak truth to power, but use the gospel, use the message of the gospel to show yeah. that Christ calls us to something higher. And ultimately, we believe like that is the only hope. And that's why the church does have such a unique um, role in this, just like it did in the first century. Amen. You know, yeah. you and I were talking before where uh, there was. Jew and Gentile. Um, I mean, it's uh, literally some of Jesus' disciples going, we're not, we're not one of the Gentiles, you know, and they're the Greek and Romans. I mean, they were so, you can't, you can't overstate the, the racial tension. And they began to understand what Jesus brought, this gospel for all people. And we understand grace and you need grace and you're unworthy of that grace. Then all of a sudden it makes it easy to extend that grace in various forms to other people. So that's, that is the hope. I know you and I believe that same thing. And you talked about it is that Jesus can reconcile. Jesus is the one that um, he owns the patent on the scribe work that didn't exist in the culture before Jesus showed up and it changed everything. And like, that's our hope. Now I heard somebody say it this week. It, it's easy, like, there's a couple dangers here and um, the dangers probably are, are apathy. Number one, we're just not speaking up. And then honestly, hopelessness, where we just start to think, man, I don't know if this is ever going to change, but, but in Christ, that change can happen. And it's happened right. before the gospel's done this already. And, um, I think, uh, man, I just appreciate you lending your voice to this man. And, uh, we're gonna have a lot more of these conversations. The thing that I would say that you were just mentioning, um, that I didn't even tell you about this, but I, it should be linked to this, uh, to this interview, but we, we put together our, our team and specifically, uh, uh Angela, uh, Parker on our staff, she's our communications director, a whole, uh, page of resources. One of those resources is even a guide for how to talk with your kids, books on how to be educated and talk to a lot of people uh, that have helped us compile that list. There's also a great site, um, uh, be a bridge on there that has incredible resources that's linked there. So kind of along the lines of what you're talking about, like, we can start now. We can raise our voices now and go get those tools. The link will be on here, you know, and begin to use them, begin to educate yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And um, that's what I'm doing. Cause that, that's a, honestly, there's been a lot of undoing for me. I still have a lot of education to go, but I think, man, I, I think things can start to change as we begin to do that. So 
Uh, Jason, would you just, I'd love for you to just pray over those that are watching this. And honestly, like even those that are watching this right now, uh, you know, then there may be some that have argued with, with things as we've talked that felt a little uncomfortable. We talked about that earlier in the interview. It's some of this is going to require being uncomfortable, but you know what? They, they stuck it all the way out to the the end and potentially they're leaning in and they're listening. And and I believe your voices matter. And so just praying for them. Uh, and then obviously praying for our country right now, praying for our churches uh, to rise up and for this to be a tipping point where Jesus does does something in the hearts of people. And that's what we're praying for. So I'd love for, for you to, yeah, to pray that. No, absolutely. And I just, I just want to say this one thing. I know encourage everybody, you know, I spoke with someone, um, someone that, you know, that I happen to work with and who had reached out to me. And this person, um, as in the discussion, right, um, this person was, it it was such a great discussion that this person who had never said, you know, anything before, then went out and finally, after years and years and years, finally came out and said, you know what, I'm not, I can't be silent anymore. Mm. And made, and made such a, a wonderful statement about doing this, bridging the gap about standing for what's right. And, and I'll tell you, like, you don't know, you don't know when you stand for Christ, right? And you stand for what's right. You stand for truth. You stand for, right? Loving your neighbor as yourself, right? And you speak out against this kind of dehumanization and racist uh, acts and, and all these things and violence, right? And, and violence, right? Yeah. Um, let's not, let's not, you, know, you speak out against, you have to, you speak out against it all. Look, it carries and it can mm. change somebody else. Yeah. You don't know how God wants to use you. And so I just, you know, I just, you know, employer before we pray, just be courageous, be courageous. Yeah. And I'll That's good, that. man. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So let's pray. Father God, okay. Lord, I thank you so much, uh, Father, for tonight. I thank you so much for this opportunity, Lord. And Lord, your, your word says we're two or more, Father, just stand in agreement. Lord, we, we, we can ask anything before you, Lord. And, and Father, according to your will, it'll be done. So Father, I just pray right now, like, Lord, and just as we stand in agreement, Lord, that we just pray over the, the healing of our nation. Lord God, the healing, Father, for uh, Father for just all this dehumanization, Lord, that, that, Father, we would come out of this, Lord God, to be more like you, Lord God, that this, Father, that this sin and that the acts of the enemy, Lord God, would be destroyed. Father, that, that this, the, the, the sin of racism, Lord God, the sin of dehumanization, Lord God, would be Father, we would just call it out. We would have courage, Lord God, to call it out, Lord God, and then to build a bridge, Lord God, over it, Father, and Lord God, to also become better, Lord, and Father, and for the generations to come, Lord, we pray over the church, like right now, Lord, that the church would be strong and courageous and be able to stand up, Lord God, and and provide their voice. Father, we thank you for what you've already done, Lord God, throughout the nation, Lord, of all the, the believers, Lord God, and all the pastors, Lord God, who are now speaking out. Lord God, against these atrocities, Lord God, with, that, that have occurred, Father, in the last few months against African Americans, Lord God. Father, we thank you for that. And Lord, we, we pray over them, Lord God, as people begin to attack them, Lord God. Father, we pray over, Lord, everybody watching, Lord God, and all the emotions, Lord, that, Father, this would just guide them to you, Lord God. It would guide them to your heart, guide them to your word, Father, and that you would just light, Father, just give them the light of love in their, in their heart, Father, Lord God for their brothers and sisters, Father, of all ethnic backgrounds, all races, Lord God, 
and understand that we are all, Lord, made in your image and that that would just bring the love in their heart, Lord God, to go out, Lord God, and to start, Lord, just truly viewing and their, their brothers and sisters as equals and breaking that those layers down and to teach their children, Lord God. And we pray over you know, what we say and what we how we act around our children. Father, I pray that you give them the tools, Lord God, to be able to spread your love, Lord God, and teach their children correctly that racism is wrong, dehumanization is wrong, Lord God, and to live correctly, Lord God, before you. So, Father, I just, I thank you. Father, I, I pray over, our, Father, all the police officers out there, Lord God, who are trying so hard, Lord God, who are trying so hard, Lord, to, to continue to do what's right, Lord God, and Father, to stand up for truth and stand up for justice, Lord God, and Father, to, and to protect and serve correctly, Lord God. Uh, Father, I just pray over them as they continue to do that, but Lord, I pray that also that, that you would pray, you know, just use them to, in a mighty way as well to bridge the gap, Lord God, and to understand, Lord God, what has been happening, Lord God, and to defeat this enemy from their perspective, Lord God, in the sense of reaching out, showing love for their, for their, for their neighbor, Lord God, showing love for African-Americans, Lord God, uh, who are suffering in this time. So, Father, I thank you, we praise you, and we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, thank you, man, so much. And love you, brother. Thanks for your voice and uh, just uh, what you shared tonight. I appreciate it. Thank you, brother. Love you, man. I love you. See ya. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this message or have been impacted by Centerpoint Church in any way, would you consider helping us out in one of two ways? First, if you would just spread the word, share this message with your friends, family. Maybe you could go rate and review our podcast on your favorite podcast catcher, but this helps us so much more than you know. And secondly, this ministry is supported by people like you through their financial generosity. And so if you've been impacted by any of these messages, would you consider giving to support the mission and vision of Centerpoint to see people reach with the radical grace of Jesus? You can give today on our website at centerpointfl.org. And again, that's centerpointfl.org.